Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're listening to this episode of Tree Talk, episode 227. And once more, I'm joined by Matt O'Callaghan, and we'll have a special guest coming on very shortly. A huge thank you to Noel's Menswear, who are in association with this podcast. Big weekend coming up, Matt. We have a, a league final, Limerick and Cork. Uh, we had the 20s out in action last week, as well as the minors. And we do with the 20s footballers starting their campaign on Easter Monday. And we'll be looking forward and we'll do a little discussion on the top five most important hurlers for Limerick. So stay tuned for all that and more. The impression the game we get all with what you put into is like a walk alive. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me find out there from the war court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the pack of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. As I said, we have a special guest this morning, and that man is Joe Quaid, who will be well known to the Republic. Joe, how are you keeping this morning? All good. Good morning, Thanks Joe. Thanks very much. Thanks very much for joining us. And I suppose it's a it's a big weekend for for Limerick yeah, with a, with a national league final to come. I suppose can you feel that buzz early? I know it's fairly earlier in your time that. In April, you're looking forward to the start of the championship as well. But there's a good buzz around Limerick at the moment. Yeah, look, to be fair, since I suppose 2018, the buzz has been around Limerick. Um, some people and, and special social media seem to revel in or uh, abusing us. <laughs> but uh, someone said it to me about the time the night below in Cork that the uh, so-called booing at the start of the league started. And uh, I said, "Tis long enough they were laughing at us, so let them boo away now. So, look, it's great to have the Holland back. The level that the Limerick lads are at the moment, and to be fair, the league semi-final, I suppose, really kicked off the league up to that. It was really shadow boxing. Um, so I think we're down, entering the business end of the season now, and uh, I think the match on, on Sunday will be a, a, a real prelude to the 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 championship which is only just around the corner which we all can't wait for. Yeah, I suppose it's different to your time that there was there was obviously a huge gap and Munster was a knockout. But in terms of this year, where you're in two weeks from the championship, would you be keen that you are so close to the championship, but you are in a league final to to lay down that marker that Limerick are still the team to beat and for Kilkenny that they want to say we can actually beat Limerick in a game like they did in 2019. Look, I suppose Kilkenny have been the closest to us really. Um, apart from probably Clare last year um, over the two matches. But look, it's a league final. <laughs> We're not blessed in Limerick with a huge amount of uh, national titles. So we, we'll take anyone that that's coming. Um, I'm sure that the players going out, no matter even if it was the first round of the league against Cork, people say, oh, Cork came back to beat us. It's only the first round. Like as a player, when you're out, whether it's... You're, you're going in a sprint at training against another lad, whether it's a, a practice match, whether it's a club match. Every match you go out, you you want to win. Do you know? So, um, 
I don't I don't buy into this thing of uh, oh they eased up from any team any whatever 15 are out or they want to win a game and it'll be no different on, on Sunday Kilkenny will definitely want to win it um I suppose it's nearly more important for them to to lay down a marker um that yeah we're we're on your coattails we're, we're coming after you we nearly got there last year and to be fair sitting in the standing Croke park last uh, last july um if kilkenny had beaten us i think it would have been a case of we would have turned around to kilkenny supporters and said well done you deserved it um but luckily thankfully um our lads got us over the line yeah i think it's fair to say they're they're the two best teams in the country there's there's no doubt about that but We'll get back to the league final in a while. When when you were playing in the nineties, it was I suppose a real golden age for for Hurland that there was so many teams winning all Ireland's. I know you came up short twice, obviously, but you had Offaly and Wexford and Clare and these teams coming through. Was it a, was it a better, more interesting game back then, or do teams like Kilkenny and Limerick that dominate make bring other teams to higher level? Look, I suppose I've I've looked back between the. John Decova did a lot of All Ireland goals and Laker Grills and things on. And um, of course, we thought we'd the best game in the world, the most skillful game. And Jesus, led some of the matches were dire. <laughs> Just the, the standard in it was was poor in comparison to these days. Um, but could you beat it for excitement? Probably not. Like we played two league matches, I think it was. Late '97, possibly, um, or sorry, late '95, '96, and we tip and clear two two Sundays in a row on the Gaelic grounds for a league match before Christmas, and there was twenty two and twenty six thousand people at it. Um, you'll be lucky to have that at some of the championship matches this year. So, excitement wise, um, it was probably more accessible as well. Matches weren't as dear to get into. You know, and it was a real family day out. There was there was many a men that went to a match on a Sunday and didn't arrive home till the Tuesday as well. Uh, like you'd be in Tullis, you'd make your way back through players included Aircross, Newport, coming back from Cork, you'd stop in Mallon, Charleville. You know, there were there were different times. Um, the skill levels and the fitness yeah. levels at the moment are just gone through the roof. Look. I think I I describe it as back in our day it was it was our hobby. It's these players' lives. Yeah, true, very true. I suppose is there is there any part of you and, and Matt you can chime in here as well that misses? I suppose it's so much about efficiency now. Do you miss kind of a high ball going in 50-50 between a forward and a defender? And I suppose you would have been had a very good view of it in goals. That there's very little of that now. It's very precise and. As I said, the skill levels have gone up, but do you miss that kind of the clash of the ash, as we call it? Would you believe I was at a junior match between Maru Bohar and Fedemore uh, Sunday evening, and it was the first match I saw Holly broke in I don't know how long. And I mean, it's a Holly that just snapped in yeah. half. Like, to be fair, that side of the game is gone. There's, the ground hauling is gone. It's all about possession, it's all about safe transfer of the ball. Like back in our day, um, and especially me playing in goals now. When you look at me playing and you look at Nicky playing, Nicky is just the complete artist. 
of goalkeeping. He's the, the quarterback. He restarts every game. He sets up most attacks. In order, uh, you got it and you lumped it as far as you can. Like, I'm still listening to the abuse over uh, the puck out in, in the so called quick puck out in, in 94. Like, I, I, I often said that we were actually, um, we were market leaders in it. Um, but we, myself and John Hegarty were ahead of our time. A quick book yeah. out to, from Aquia to Hegarty in Croke Park um, a couple of years ago. They were two heroes. We were two villains. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I, just the way things work and the replay and things. But I suppose the formula that has worked. If we had scored it, we'd probably be heroes. But Yeah, I suppose the formula that's worked for, for three decades for Limerick, that Quay to, to Hegarty and... I want to get into to Nicky in a minute, but if, if you were to pull one player from the current Limerick team to go back to 94, 96 to get you over the line, is there anyone that sticks out for you? Oh, there's, there's, there's probably a lot. Um, because the game is so different, but I suppose the goal, the goal keeper or the goal scoring threat of, of Aaron Galan um, would, be, would be welcome in any team. Did yeah. again, you, we, we could have put Kyle Hayes at, at wing back as well, and he'd have probably. I think he's a better he's a better goal threat from wing back than when he plays <laughs> in the forwards. But yeah, well, look, the, the current group, the game has changed so much. If you're going out playing Limerick now, there's a good chance that before any of our forwards hit a the ball, there'll be one seven or one eight scored by our backs. Um, so it's a, it's a daunting task. Like yeah, if, in back in my day, if a back scored, it was American, but. Your different equipment, your different fitness levels. The balls were a lot heavier, you know. So, um, trying to compare both eras, it's it's chalk and cheese. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you mentioned the difference in your, yourself and Nicky. First and foremost, like how proud of you of the player he's become? Because I suppose in the start, he, he came onto the team as a midfielder, and I suppose Limerick weren't going great when he was first in the panel, and there might have been a bit of criticism. But in the last. Seven or eight years, he has really solidified himself as, as the best in the game alongside Owen Murphy. Ah, look, to be fair, I saw him, I think I had him with a Southeast uh, team and we actually put him centre-back and put Barry Hennessy in goals. Um, I think it was under 14s or 15s. And he was a phenomenal holder that time. I remember seeing him playing under 21 inside against Clay on the Gaelic grounds. He was wing-back and he was just phenomenal. Look, he, he's a chip off the old block. His father, Tommy Ladimers, and him, to me, was one of the best hullers, not goalies, not outfield players, just hullers in general that I ever saw and had the privilege to, to hull with. Um, and for, for Nicky to carry that on has just been magnificent. Like, and the improvement, that's the thing. He's he's definitely like wine. He's definitely getting better with age. Like, what, what he did the last day, I suppose... The for his first match back against Clare, he was probably a bit rusty, and he'd probably say that himself. But mother of God, two two more games on, and the delivery he gave to Tom Morrissey the last day, I was I wasn't watching, I didn't go into it. Um, I was watching it at home, and I just jumped up on the couch and I went, "Mother of Jesus, that is just phenomenal." The, the delivery, like to get a ball back there, have the vision, not only to see Morrissey so far away. But it's fine seeing him where he was standing, but he actually put it to where he knew Tom was going to be. And then Tom Tom did Tom. He got it, put it over the bat. It was phenomenal. 
Yeah, it, it, it was crazy time to watch it. And I'm, I'm sure Matt will get onto that Quaid legacy in a minute. Before I go over to you, Matt, one more question, Joe, on you were, you were manager of Limerick 16s back in 2012, and it was a team that had Keane Lynch, Barry Nash, Tom Morrissey, Sean Finn. I suppose, did you realise, which is it's 11 years ago now, did you realise at the time that this was a special crew? I'll go back even further to 13 years ago when we took them down to uh, the Forestal. Um, and now we had to fight a battle to get them down to stay the night before. And I think, to be fair, a lot of the parents paid for it. And we got lambasted by people in a lot of quarters that taking them the night before was a bad idea. They wouldn't sleep to affect their game the following day. And you know what? They were probably right. It did affect their game. It did affect their sleep. But what, what we wanted to do was introduce them at a very young age to being part of an elite squad. Um, and I remember that night I told the lads we had a meeting. We, I think we had a poke around the Mount sign. Then we had a meeting and we brought him back to the hotel. Uh, I think it was the travel lodge there on the, the road out by Waterford Crystal. And uh, I told him, look, we'll be down here. And if you can't sleep, give me a shout. So I think I think Keen Lynch was the first one to ring and I went say he couldn't sleep. And I said, right, bring down a few of the lads, whoever wants to go for a walk. So we went for a walk and I went for about a, three quarters of an hour, dropped them back. And about 10 minutes after, one costed off from a dare, rang, Joe, we can't sleep. I said, Jesus Christ, could you not all have come together? So off we went again. And I, I'll never forget walking down the road that night and just see the bond between them. I, I think Ray Ryan that was with me, myself, Ray and Dan, Joshie, Declan Murphy, we were... We were walking down the road, and I think Ray Ryan turned around to me, and he said, he pointed over, and he said, they'll win all Ireland. So that was at 14s. But, like, the likes, uh, the players, we had nine players that out of that bunch of lads that won all Ireland medals in 2018. Like, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal bunch. Um, Like, every every night we went training, uh, I don't think there was any night of training or a match that... Keen Lynch didn't do something that you'd turn around on the sideline and go, holy shit, what is that? This fella, it, someone asked me the other day, was he somewhat like he is now back then? I said, he's not somewhat at all. I said, he's a carbon copy of what he was back then. And I said, he just honed, honed it and got bigger, stronger, but his skill levels um, were phenomenal. Like you've the other side of it, then you'd we put Sean Finn and Angelan back onto the B squad for a couple of years. They were good enough to make the A squad, but they weren't making the team. So we made the decision okay, let's put them back in the B's where they will get plenty of hurling. They'll be the main men on the B's. And to be fair, the lads understood the reason why. Um, and by the time they got up into the 16s, All Ireland, Sean was starting. Um, with us and look at the way they've developed since has been there's a huge sense of pride in, in having some small part to play in, in them lads and I, I'll never forget in 18 I went down to the side of the pitch to to meet Nicky and Sean Finn passed and he, he pulled up and he came over and he said this one's for you he said thanks for everything you've done for me and you know that's as good to me that was as good as an all Ireland medal for me 
Oh yeah, sure. the, the, the role you played is huge and you can see it in those players' development and it's nice to hear about how together they were as a squad even so long ago because you can still see the camaraderie in the team and the great work people like you did to bring Limerick to where it is now. And Matt, I'll throw it over to you there because I, I know there's so many points <coughs> you can take in this conversation. Joe, I just want to go back to you briefly again. I, I don't like reminding you over the course of the 90s and this the, the disappointment and... When we reflect back on the 90s, we tend to reflect back on the defeat against Offaly. Um, but the defeat against Wexford two years later, when Wexford were reduced to 14 players, I, I, I think that was probably the harder one to take, was it? I totally agree with you. Um, we got caught against Offaly, um, no doubt. But the Wexford game, it was a game we started well. We were open men. Um and for just some strange reason we never performed. And I've often said it and no disrespect any Wexford people listening to this. Out of the all the Munster teams we met that year, and even looking back at the match, Wexford were probably the worst team we'd met outside of Munster, you know, um that year. And I could never met, I could never figure out. How in the name of God Wexford turned us over that day until maybe two years ago and I saw Liam Griffin's Laker Grail and he had him just so right. He was he was ahead of his time with sports psychology and and everything and just I remember sitting down watching it and then going, No, I understand. They were just so mentally strong and mentally prepared um going in against us. They, they found a way to win. And to be fair, I did a podcast there though, with the, the Wexford Holland podcast people there a couple of weeks ago. And Billy Bourne was on it. And and he actually kind of half agreed that that Wexford team were probably coming to the end. They were probably better in 91, 92. You know, they were getting to league finals. Um, like you look at it, the likes of Shawnee Flood, George O'Connor, John O'Connor, they were all coming to the end of their career. Um, so they, they probably would have deserved uh, being good enough to win one earlier in the time, but definitely the, the disappointment from personally myself in '96 was was far worse than the shock of '94. Joe, how much of a consolation, if any, was winning the league in '97? I suppose that time, Matt, the the league was. It meant a lot more than it did now, probably, to to the general public. Anyway, um, I know as players, any national medal you win means a lot. But and it, it was a really strange league because it it was split in two, and one was played after the All Ireland. I think that or the final was played after the All Ireland. The round robin of it was played early February, March that way. So we got knocked out of the championship that year, I would say, in June, late June, and we weren't back again till August. I remember going down to Kilk, we'd play Kilkenny in the semi-final, and I'd say ourselves, we gave ourselves even no chance going down, because Kilkenny had only been knocked out of the, the championship a couple of weeks. But we put in a magnificent performance then against uh, Kilkenny below in Nolan Park and beat him, and... We came back up then to, to play Galway and Cusick Park and Innes and place was absolutely wedged and uh, we beat Galway. So it did, it, it meant a lot to us. 
don't know. Look, it's only looking back now, Matt. Um, and I wasn't a great one for doing it, I suppose. The older I'm getting, the better I'm in, is looking back at the middles that you have. I, I hadn't massing them like, up to, I suppose, a couple of years ago. And what really gave me mass in my middles was after my father passed away there two years ago. Um, I found a box at home with um, his All Ireland Junior Medal in 54 and his Munster Senior Medal in 55, and the two of them thrown in a box. And, and to have them, and and I suppose to, to think of what they went through to win them, um, I suppose it, it sums up what the likes of Declan Hannon said after Dell Island in, in 18. That, and I thought it was a magnificent speech, he, he made it about, he thanked everyone that had gone before to get him to that point. And I suppose you could go back to our legacy with Mackey, with Mackey's Greyhounds that my father played on, the team of the 80s that couldn't get over the line, us in the 90s that couldn't get over the line. And then to see our captain in 2018 coming out with that and felt like he was speaking to, to every one of us as well as the, the crowd, it was, it was magnificent. You know, look, we're, we're in great times now, Matt. The league on Sunday, will that mean a lot to the lads? I'm sure if you ask any of them, it'll mean a huge amount. Yeah, because I suppose it's part of their psyche and um, I, I suppose part of their success stories that they want to go out and win every game. I think that's the way they're built. I haven't seen them training, um, but I remember back in Hordea, Matt, you probably remember it, there could be two or 3,000 people inside the training if, if for nothing else, just to see Sean O'Neill and Mike Holohan take lumps out of each other for an hour. Um, you know, if there was open training sessions now, um, I'd say you, you'd have 10, 15,000 inside marvelling at, at the skills of 40 players that are probably on the panel. Um, you know, so it's... I'd say the comp competition in in-house games there would be more vicious than probably some of the championship and league matches joe can i take you back again and touch on the academy and and your involvement with with the um on the on the red structure um by any benchmark i suppose when you compare with what went before it um the whole academy system has been a runaway success um like you know there were years there were decades there when you know it was an achievement to get to a monster minor final in the last decade we have we have won four, and um, likewise we 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 we're under twenty one. We we we've won four. You know it's 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 you know by any benchmark, the, the whole system and the lifting of the treaty is a success. Yeah, and look, I think it to be honest, it even started before the academy was called the academy. Nearly, um, I remember going in there in two thousand and ten. I think it was. And the likes of Shane Fitzgibbon and them had been in there for a couple of years doing it with, with Tony Roach and, and the Borden and Oak. Um, and I said that Tony's passing there lately. Like he, 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 he never got the credit, I think, for setting up um, what was set up there. Do you know, uh, when we went in, it was in place, it wasn't probably a slick an operation as as it is now but look we all kind of rode in behind it and, and bought into it and, and tried to to make it as slick and and improve it little things like even getting the boys a bit of extra gear i remember to be fair to to don flynn 
he sponsored roles for our players after training every night. Small little things like we knew parents would be there bringing uh, a kettle, a, a few biscuits, a drop of milk, so that the parents, while they were waiting for training, could go into the kitchen, recce, and have a cup of tea. Do you know, small little things like that that people would think nothing of. But I know myself from traveling around with my own lads, if you're there for two hours of training, just something small like that, a bit of gear for the kids and uh, something to eat after training. So they've really, I suppose, honed in on that side of it and the professional side of it. Um, and it's it's paying huge dividends. Look, they're, they're pushing themselves constantly. They're pushing themselves to be better. The one worry I'd have about it is you've lads in the academy since they were 14. Are we missing someone, some of the late developers? I suppose is the best thing, the way you could describe it. Like, to be fair, Tarn Galan, he was a decent under 14 holder. He probably never really set the, the world alight until he went to Mary Eye. And, and that's where we really noticed him first, uh, as in. On a, on a national scale um, for playing Fitzgibbon. So it's the only worry I'd have is, are we losing Are we losing a couple of good hurlers? Um, that would be late developers. And that's, that's the only thing I'd have against the academy. Other than that, it's, it's, really, um, it's really working. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm particularly glad about your remarks about Tony Roach because um, to me, he was one of the unsung heroes of possibly the success that we have today. And um, like, uh, you know, he, he, he was a man that tried to uh, fulfill the dream and, and put his shoulder to, wheel, to the wheel to make it happen. Can I just switch codes for a, for a minute, Joe? And um, your name is will be <coughs> indelible in the annuals of Limerick Camogie. Um, you, you had a fantastic few years at the helm of Limerick Camogie and took us to places where we had never been before. In, particularly in 2014, just to remind the viewers and listeners, when Limerick won three All-Irelands in the one year. We won four, actually, Matt, I think. <laughs> we won the junior, we won the Division 4 with the, with the junior. We won the... Willie Banks managed the minors, and we won the intermediate. So we'd, we'd actually... i never forget going up to the Camogie All-Stars that year um, with four cups um, to bring up with us. Um, look, it was, it was brilliant times. I got into it by pure default. Um, I had gone for the minor job and didn't get it. Um, so Sean Condon, to be fair, Tim, I'd say it wasn't even announced early that we hadn't got the minor job. And he got on to me and he said, will you come in with the Camogie? Um, and look, Camogie was probably at a low place that time. No, we had the benefit of being spending three years with the academy. So a lot of the things we did with the Camogie, we brought it from the academy setup. Um, and to be fair, we just had to get people involved. We got Joshi, he came from the academy with me. Um, we got Anne Herbert in. And like we were, it was only the three of us really for the first year, I suppose. I was collecting sandwiches and Herbert was filling water bottles. We were all kind of rowing in, um, you know, and I suppose it brought a certain level of professionalism to it. 
and and look, they were a, they were an absolute pleasure. Even in in year one, I suppose they went from having seven or eight training to we had a panel of thirty six with two teams out. Um, I think the first year we won the Division Two League. We won a Munster Junior as well. I think the first year, and we got to the All Ireland. Um, so, like I suppose a lot of people would have thought that was success, but I remember pulling it after the All Ireland in thirteen and. I just went, Jesus Christ, will I ever win in this bloody place? But I remember taking the girls down to the under the hill 16 after the match, and I said, we have to make one pact. I said, I said, and I'll apologize. I said, I taught you at the start of the year, I'll get you to Croke Park. I said, what I should have said was, we'll win in Croke Park. And I said, we're back next year. We're going to come back. We're going to right the wrongs of it. And, and we did. And I suppose that time... The miners were after losing the All Ireland minor final, I think, the week before. So we went in 2014. So we went back up, and Jesus, to see the girls and see a Limerick person walk walk up the the steps of, of Croke Park to lift a, a national title was was heartwarming, to say the least. Yeah. How important, Joe, and I think it might have been lost that particular year and since. Was was winning the All Ireland Minor A Championship. We, we, we had won that championship before Cork, who were the masters of it, had ever won it. Like it, it was a simply phenomenal achievement. It was unbelievable. Um, <coughs> Willie Banks and, and myself are, are back in tow again with Kildare Komogi. Um But what Willie did, it took took four nights a week, probably for two years to get him over the line. In that, but there hasn't been a minor A one previous to that by Limerick. There hasn't been a minor A one since by Limerick. So it's, I suppose, as the years go on, and it's how do I put it? We seem to be a good bit away from it. It it's looking back nine years on, just how much of an achievement it was. For the minors, like we met, we finished the All Ireland in thirteen, in with six sixteen-year-olds on the pitch. When you think of that, like it's, it's just phenomenal. Like we we won the All Ireland probably with six seventeen-year-olds the following year. We just got the, that bunch of girls, the likes of Quiva Costello, Rebecca Delee, the Wilson girls. Karen O'Leary, Deborah Murphy. Do you know, these girls were just phenomenal. A bunch that came together. Quite similar to the bunch I had with, with the Hullers um, at Underage. Do you know, they just got a, a really, really good crop together. Um, and look, I suppose, have they driven on? Probably not to the level that they'd wish to have when you have a, an all Ireland intermediate winning team and a minor winning team in the same year. And you seem to be kind of struggling again now for the last couple of years. It's 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 sad to see it in one sense, really. But uh, by all accounts, their, their minors this year I think are, are supposed to be reasonably good. Joe, final question from me. And I, 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 I turned to Sunday and, and, and the final... Um, and, um, you know, the narrative that's going around there for the last few days and in particular for the week that it's Limerick's to lose and all this sort of thing and that Limerick are firm favourites. 
Uh, Kenny, you're in the, are in the league final without TJ Reid and Adrian Mullen uh, having featured in the league. They're also without Conor Brown and Mikey Carey from last year's All-Ireland team. Um, it suggests to me that there's a great strength and depth in Kilkenny and that and that um that that we might be, you know, writing them off at our peril. It's a bit like uh, I suppose Cork years ago with my father. He said you wouldn't have Cork be it. He said until you were at home inside in bed. He said and you heard the radio on and you'd hear the result. Um Tis Kilkenny are the same. Jesus, you, you go back, Matt. And uh, do you know what? I actually set someone up into the Aladdin last year. In all my years, I'd never back against Kerry or never in football or back against Kilkenny in Holland in a final. And I still don't change my view on it. They're always going to be there thereabouts. They're, they're very, very, very hard beat. People are saying, oh, they don't have the players. Like, we'll go back. Like, J Jackie Tell was unheard of. JJ Delaney was heard of, unheard of. Tommy Walsh was unheard of at one stage. Like, they didn't light the thing up at underage level. Henry Shefflin was a wing forward. That none of us team that uh, Limerick Intermediate in 98. So... For people to say that, oh, you know, they have nothing coming through. I can guarantee you one thing, Kilkenny have plenty coming through. So they have. And with their tradition, and I, is that probably slightly behind Limerick in in their journey? But I'll tell you one, there's no, no Limerick men going on Sunday evening and go, Jesus, that was handy. I'll tell you that lads will sleep that night either way and then if they go up the steps and, and collect the cup it. <coughs> yeah I, I think that i think that sums up best uh this weekend's game joe you've been very good to us with your time we're nearly 35 minutes here and i know you places to be so i'll leave you go with that um thanks a million for coming on and giving us all those well, insights i'm sure we'll have to we'll have to meet up again soon to to finish off because there's so much we could go with it Thanks very much, Joe. No problem, lads. Thanks a million. Thanks, man. Thanks, Joe. Bye, bye, bye. Now, that was a former academy manager, Camogie manager. He managed Kildare, Westmead, Joe Quaid. A vast knowledge. Got two All-Ireland finals. There's a couple of All-Stars. A really in-depth um, talk, I suppose, there with Joe. And, and you could listen to him all day, Matt, couldn't you? Uh, absolutely, um, you know what? What, what, a, what a phenomenal, a phenomenal individual, you know. What a great conversationalist, um, uh, Joe is. But like, you, you know, he he has a record to back it up. You know, two monster medals, um, two All Ireland runners up medals, possibly a national league medal. You know, and 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 he, his success, you know, in coaching and in management has has you know. He, he he's left the trail of success after him, you know. Um, like you know, sometimes I I I think that his contribution to GA and Limerick, um, you know, doesn't get the recognition that it deserves, and and um, 
you know, he he's made a phenomenal contribution. We we we, we basically what we got there today, Jack, was a snapshot of it. Yeah. You know, um, Joe Quaid has 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 he's, he's, his contribution to Limerick GA has been simply and Komogi has been absolutely enormous. That's the only word I could think of. Oh yeah, it, it's a huge contribution, and there's so much there. Mm. I suppose people wouldn't wouldn't realize because a lot of it, Joe, you know, is kind of you know in the background or at lower levels or at sport. I wouldn't have the, the draw that the, the senior hurlers have, but his his contribution to Limerick is will live long in history. Yeah, but these are these are the unsung heroes then. And you know, it, it was very, very interesting there that he should reference Tony Roach. And we spoke about Tony Roach shortly after his passing, and we spoke on the same vein, like that 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 his 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 contribution wasn't fully recognized. And it's great to see somebody of the caliber of Joe Quaid coming out and saying it in a cast like this. Yeah, it look there's, there's so many people that are kind of on the radar, and even the parents he mentioned that did the, the bit to bring stuff to train and then you know, it, it, it's tough to bring your, your kids out to, I suppose, a Raquel and, and a cold winter's evening or if you to go to the other side of the county. So there's so many heroes in this Limerick success story, but we won't dwell too much on those for another while because we, we'll live in the moment and enjoy it. And we have another final to look forward to, Matt, um, this Sunday afternoon in Parky Cueve, National Hurling League final. And uh, I think it was probably Dan and Tom Morrissey that summed it up best, that how important it is to win a National League title. They said it after third round in uh, Galway and there's there's many people without a league medal as they reference and they've only two and they want to win as many as they can and no better team to meet in a final than Kilkenny and a, a rematch of last year's All-Ireland final. Ah yeah sure it, 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 it's, it's fantastic and you know it's turning back the clock I suppose to another era in the 30s when um, Limerick and Kilkenny absolutely dominated um, the, the, the hurling landscape and um it's going to be a very interesting final, Jack. And um, as we spoke there with Joe Quaid and the, the narrative that's that's going around that, you know, that Limerick are firm favourites and they've just got to turn up and win and all that sort of thing. I, I think that it, that is very dangerous. It's disrespectful to Kilkenny, first of all. But um, I, 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 of course, a lot that's feeding into it, as, as I said earlier, is that um, Mikey Carey and Connor Brown from last year's team are not around. Adrian Mullen and TJ Reid ha- have not featured in the league. But still in all, Kilkenny are in the league final, Jack. And um, they, they have a similar record in many to, to Limerick in that they've just lost once in the league. They lost to Tipperary. And, um, you know, the, in the semi-final, Kilkenny faced a Cork team who were unbeaten in 2023. And... I, I know that Cork were reduced to 14 players with the sending off of Owen Downey and all this sort of thing. But, you know, that to me was a very significant landmark victory in 2023 for Kilkenny. And certainly a, a landmark victory for their new manager, um, Derek Ling, who, who's in his first year in charge after taking over from Brian Cody. You know, and sort of sometimes when you take over from a legend, it's a bit of a poison chalice, um, you know, um, you know, if you if, if you just look at the English league and um, Manchester United after Matt Busby, Liverpool after Bill Shankly, that that type of thing. You're you you're, you're, and you're talking about it. United with after Alex Ferguson, you know that's um, it's very very hard to fill those boots. But um, I, I I think Derek Ling um, to date has done a very very good job. 
in bringing his team to the final. And they will be primed up. And they, they've, you know, they've introduced a number of new players um, during the campaign. And he's made a very significant um, uh, change around in defence and a very, very big call um, in, in, in nominating Hugh Lawler at centre-back. Um, like who was outstanding at fullback last year and um, has has put Tommy Welsh in at fullback. Um, he's made some big calls. He hasn't been afraid to make the big calls, and um, I think this is going to be this is going to be a really really big test for Limerick. But you, you'd have to say if Limerick produce anything like they produced in the second half against Tipperary, that they would be very very hard to beat. But in in the context of the league and in the context of the forthcoming championship. It is hugely important, I suppose, from a Kilkenny point of view to put down a marker, you know, that that because there's an air of invulnerability about Limerick at the moment and somebody has got to put down a marker and lay a glove on them and say, look, they are vulnerable after all. Yeah, and I, I think Kilkenny could, could be the team... To do that, um, you mentioned the, the Ballyhale boys. I, I think we could see them back. Um, I think it's an interesting one there with Hugh Lawler at six. He did so well on Aaron Galan. The temptation is surely there from Derek Ling if Richie Reid is fit to just put Richie back in at six and put Hugh back in on Aaron Galan as did in the final. But w- one thing they'll have this year to deal with that they didn't last year is, is a certain Keen Lynch. And it'll be very interesting to, to see how they approach that because. The Keane Lynch that they met in 2019 is a completely different player. He's in a different position. He's obviously got better in the last few years. So it's a conundrum that no one has seemed seemed to crack yet. And, you know, Kilkenny are the latest that will, you know, try and have to make a plan for him. Yeah, you, you see that if you like, the teams are going in opposite directions. Where When you're comparing them with last year's All-Ireland final, we're talking about the four key players that Kilkenny haven't, you know, ha- haven't had in the league. Limerick, by contrast, have have um, have Keen Lynch back in the squad. Plus, they have um, uh, Peter Casey right from the start. Now he played a part in last year's All Ireland final. But you 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 Peter Casey, who's got a lot of hurling under his belt, and uh, you you know, let's say with the real Peter Casey back again. So that 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 that's a huge plus, and I I, I can understand all that, and and why um why people would be thinking that. It, it, it sort of is Limericks to lose, but um, you know, Joe Quaid mentioned it there, Jack, about the, the, the you know the great tradition of Kilkenny, and you don't have them beaten up your at home and bed literally, you know, um, they, 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 and like they they, they they seem to like Kerry uh, continuous continuously seem to to unearth these great forwards with James O'Donoghue, Colum Cooper, and David Difford now and. Then you'd Kilkenny with DJ DJ Carey, you'd Henry Shefflin, uh, um, TJ Reid, and now you have a certain Billy Drennan. Yeah. Um, who would be who would be very familiar to us from his exploits in last year's All Ireland Under Twenty final. So, look, like St Kieran's College, Kilkenny is one of the great nurseries. They're winning the Crow Cup almost at will until until um, um, Art Skull Reese put the brakes on them last year. Um, but they're back again this year. So the, 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 the conveyor belt in Kilkenny is very, very strong, Jack. Yeah, very, very strong. And 
Um, I suppose they are building a squad to take on Limerick because it's it's a squad game and that's what you'll need. And conversely then for Limerick, you know, they're only two weeks out from championship. Do you give the 15 you plan on starting against Watford a run out or does he continue to kind of play, we'll say, 10 of your guaranteed starting championship team and kind of one in each line then? That's on the periphery. We're obviously going to be without Will O'Donoghue. So that's one place. Definitely an offer, I suppose, first and foremost. Who will partner Dara Donovan in midfield? Well, you, you must remember that Dara missed the, the semi-final. Yeah. You know, <clears> so Willem O'Donoghue out, if you turn and have a player of the calibre of Dara O'Donovan coming back, it's a very, very strong position. And you, you must remember that the players that did not feature... In in, yeah. in 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 the in the in in the league semi final, you're, you're you're talking about Kyle Hayes, you're, you're talking about Dan Morrissey, Garod Hayes, Garod Hegarty, Seamus Flanagan, Richie English. Yeah. You know, um, it's a bounty of riches, Jack. Um, what John Kylie will do, I think we will probably see a fair semblance, a fair resemblance to the team that's probably likely to start against Waterford. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Jack, don't, don't ask me to name it, please. No, no, I, I won't because uh, we're not in the business of doing that anymore because, you know, John obviously gets it right more often than not. But it will be interesting because it's it's unprecedented again to be so close to, to the championship. Like, I personally think it's good preparation, but then again, if you pick up an injury... You'll be wondering about it, but that water game is so close. What I'd say to you is, would you rather be Limerick in a in a league final or Watford that probably have more time to prep? Whereas Limerick, you know, are guaranteed a good hard game to get ready for Munster. I I I think it's an ideal situation. That 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 you know, there is no substitute in preparation for a big game, and uh, I, I'm referring now to the Watford game. There is no substitute, Jack, from from good, hard, competitive games to sharpen you up. And I think the games against Tipperary and Kilkenny will just have done that for Limerick. Um, like there, there, there is no doubt at all that that in the second half against Tipperary, all the signs were there that Limerick have recaptured their mojo and are really, really getting back to near their best. The, the, the question is, you know. Is there a danger of peaking too soon? And, you know, um, will they be able to sustain it over four grueling games in the Munster Championship? That That is the big question. But we have seen in the past, you know, the way that John Kiley, Paul Kenner can have, have managed the workload of their players and have, have, have managed these things. Um, like, they're the masters at it, Jack. Oh, they definitely are. Um, and before, before, we go, before we go from the game... Who's it more important to, you know, because obviously Kenny haven't won a national title um, since 2018. But if Limerick were to lose against probably their closest All-Ireland rivals, it just gives Kilkenny that edge that if they were to meet again in Crow Park, that they had the most recent win. So it's not as straightforward as saying, oh, Limerick are winning All-Irelands. They don't need to win a league. Like it is a hugely vital game. Huge vital game, but Jack, it, it, it is far more important, I think, for Kilkenny to put down a marker. Far greater for, 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 for Kilkenny. We know what Limerick are about. Um, like Kilkenny, Jack, are, to a certain degree, are a team in 
a certain amount of transition. You know, and they, they really yeah. need they really need to put down a marker. And I suppose from a Derek Ling point of view, following the departure of Brian Cody, it will be, you know, put down a marker that it's business as usual in Kilkenny. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is it is interesting. But I I I still think it's very important for Limerick just to keep the foot down while while they're going so well. But it is it, it it remains to be seen. But if you if you were to call it Oh I'm calling Limerick, Jack. And kind of a mar- do you think it'll be as close as Dal Ireland or probably something no, close to the the All Ireland final was not as close as the final scoreline said suggested. And I've, oh, I've said that to you a number of times. We co- we coughed up a number of Hail Mary points towards the end. Um uh, I think uh, I think Limerick by four or five, Jack. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do I agree that the All Ireland final wasn't that close? My heart certainly would would disagree with you. But I do. There was a lot of scores in the end from Kilkenny, but I don't think Limerick are really home and home until probably the 71st, 72nd minute. But I do I do see a big performance in Limerick this weekend. I think they'll win, and I think they could win by the same margin that they beat Tipperary. Um, and again, there was kind of scores on the end from Tip. The game was over probably with 10, 15 to play. But that's the, the National League final this Sunday, the 9th of April, 2 o'clock in Parky Cueve. It's certainly one. To look forward to um since we last spoke Matt the on this podcast we obviously met that evening in the Gaelic grounds for dinner 20s clash with Claire finished 119 apiece um and I, I think it's fair to say Claire deserved the draw even though they got the last three scores um that Limerick 20 side didn't play how we know they can play um Patrick Donovan was an unbelievable form he scored 12 five of awesome play got a 65 as well, but probably a small bit of a wake-up call for the Limerick Twenties um, ahead of the, a, a three-week break before they play tip. Yeah, absolutely. And um, uh, we, 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 you know, Claire drew with tip. So, um, uh, from what I've been reading, Jack, from the outset of this competition this year, that that Tipperary could possibly be the team to beat in it this year. Now we'll get a better, much better insight of what Tipperary are all about when they travel to Cork tonight. Um, but but getting back to the game, yes, I, I would agree. It, it probably would have been rough justice had Clare um, left the Gaelic grounds the other evening empty-handed. Um, I But but full credit to Limerick. Like the, two points down, was it, with 10 minutes to go, playing into the breeze. Um, the momentum appeared to be with Clare, and they wrestled it back. And... Um, yeah, but look what about the performance of Patrick O'Donovan was absolutely simply phenomenal, Jack. It was just off the radar, 12 points. All right, yeah. there was what? Um, four or five from play, wasn't it? Five, there, there, yeah. there was one in particular from the sideline, which was, you know, unbelievable score. And um, But I, I, if, if I'm honest, Jack, I think Limerick did not play to their potential. No. I, I I I think there's 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 another notch in Limerick. So some of the players of uh, on the Limerick team and I won't mention names were were slightly off form, slightly off colour. But Jack going into the next round and against the next them um, with the big two to meet yet, um, Tipperary and Cork. That's like money in the bank, um, because um, these are the type of players that when the chips are down are able to turn it on. So I I wouldn't be too despondent, but um. 
having led by three points um, with 61 minutes, actually, uh, we led by three points. It, it is so disappointing to lose it. Now, had you conceded a goal, uh, not to lose it, but to share the points, to, to have to settle for a draw, you know, had you conceded the goal to be nearly more palatable, Jack, than to concede three scores in the last two minutes? Yeah, and the last one as well, they, they looked like they were in control of possession, but um, Sean Sean Ryan or Sean Reen, I'm not sure what his name, was very good, and it was a it was a difficult score to level it. But I think a draw was definitely the fair result. But look, they, they're still unbeaten. Uh, the o- miners overall, over 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 the sixty minutes, a draw was uh, was was a, was a fair result. But from a Limerick point of view, to lead after sixty one minutes by three points and not to win the hurling match is a disappointment, Jack. It is, but they're they're still unbeaten. Um, win a draw. The miners have two wins under their belt. Obviously, the seniors are going very well. So, look, the production lines are, are still delivering and long may that continue. But both teams will have a, a fairly um, lengthy break. Um, they're not out for another two weeks, um, two weeks from this evening when they, they play Tipperary. So, um, plenty of time for Dear Mullinsley's side just to straighten their focus again for Tipperary. And as you said, when you see the likes of the Tipperary jersey and the Cork jersey coming your way, that's, that's motivation enough. Those players on the, the minor Camogie team, Matt, um, defeated at the weekend, um, against Antrim at 10 points to 3 8, but they're still in a decent position to finish in the top four in their group. They've cleared to come. Um, yeah, my, my understanding, Jack, is that the top four going to semi finals now. I, I might be subject to correction on that, but like we're poised to be in the top four anyway, if, if that be the case, and um. Now, we have one outstanding game. We've beaten Offaly. We have beaten Mead. We've drawn with Wexford. And we've lost to Antrim. And we have the league leaders, or the group leaders, to meet in the final round, either Saturday week or Sunday week. I think it's it's either or. It's not confirmed definitely yet. But, um, um, you know, that's going to be a hugely important game. Because... Yeah. You know, I, I, I presume the semi-finals would probably be one against four, two against three, you know, be, which, would, would, which, would, which would be the normal. But, um, um, you know, it, it's a game that Limerick need to win. And, and um, like, um, the, the, the Limerick, appear, I, I've seen them playing and they appear to be a decent team. And I, I think that the result against Antrim was a bit disappointing. But Antrim have found good form in recent weeks. And... Um, uh, like Camogie is on the up and Antrim, no question about it. We we we, we learned that at all cost when the, when the seniors came to um, McNeville Park in the league. So um, yeah, look, um, the miners are still very much in the hunt. Yeah, and long may they continue because Joe Quaid spoke about the importance of you know a, a minor team can, can drive on the senior side. So um, obviously the last time out the seniors. Won the relegation battle, so they can look forward to the championship and a, a group that you know they can they can fancy their their chances of getting out of. And on Easter Monday, but back before 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 we go um, um, from Camogie, depart from Camogie in a landmark at the Camogie Con- Congress last weekend, um, the new president elect Brian Malloy will be the first male. 
to head up that association, to hold the highest office in the association. It's, 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 it's just worth noting. Yeah, look, Well, let's hope the integra integration comes as soon as possible, Jack. Yeah, because, you know, if it, there's good news in Limerick recent times with Camogie, but there was a lot of, you know, negative around fixtures even and where they're being played and just letting people know and things. It just it, yeah, it wasn't great. There, least, there so. I mentioned the, the whole UL debacle. There I mentioned the All-Stars debacle and all that sort of thing. That that all, all that sort of thing needs to be sorted out, Jack. Yeah, but we we won't we won't dwell on us uh, this morning. Hopefully that uh, that can get sorted. And before we speak again next week, Matt, we'll have seen the Limerick Twenties in action. And please God, it won't be the last time we see them. They play Waterford on Easter Monday, the the tenth of April at two o'clock in Ballygrain. Uh, Shane Kelly's side who reached the O'Connor Cup playing a Waterford team that. Are, are are the weakest in uh in Munster? I think it's fair to say. Um, you could argue their senior side have have caught up to maybe Tipperary, but not at twenties. Limerick will definitely be, I suppose, confident of getting a win, and they'll need to get a win because they're they're done. That's the thing about the twenties. You're it's straight knockout. Um, if you lose, you're out. There's no back door. So two o'clock in Ballet Grand. They've shown signs of promise in that O'Connor Cup. They played a very good Clare side, lost twice, but beat Offaly, beat Tipperary. So the, the early season signs are decent for Limerick. They are, Jack. Um, as you said, they had a decent campaign in 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 in, in the O'Connor Cup, um, like um, beating beating Tipperary and beating Offaly, but losing to Clare twice, albeit heavily in the group stages, but really put up a, a decent, decent performance in what is reputed to be a very good Clare team in, yeah. in, 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 in the final. By contrast, um, um, Waterford were involved in the Andrew Corden Cup and suffered three straight defeats to Wicklow, Wexford and Carlow. So you're right in probably your analysis and no disrespect to Waterford, but they're probably the weakest team of the six in, in, in the competition. And, um, I, I think Limerick will will benefit um, hugely from from the Liam O'Connor Cup because um, you know four games two wins that's okay you know but you know if you're going out in a competition like Waterford were in the Andrew Carlin Cup and getting beaten you know to, in, in every game it's it's psychologically and mentally it's it's not the ideal preparation going in going into a championship game and. Um, I, I would fancy Limerick big time on, on, on this particular one. I'd be hugely disappointed, Jack, um, if 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 they do not beat um, beat Waterford and set up a semi-final with Cork the following week. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. But, uh, you, 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 you just referenced it there briefly, like um, um, the under-21 football championship alone is the, probably the only knockout competition now at this stage. But uh, that seems to be consistent with some of the provinces because um, the Connacht semi-final was played um, the night before last when Galway beat Leitrim. Um, so um, I, I'm not sure if it's knockout in Leinster as well. But um, it's not. It's not knockout in Leinster now because I know Leash beat Meath, but Meath are into a quarter final. So, yeah, there, there, there's some. There's some second chance, and groups, I think four groups of three or something like that. I think. You know, I I think 
for twenties, I know another closer to the adult teams, and you'll have a share of lads playing twenties and with their senior team. But you know, it's their last grade of underage. I do think there should be some sort of backdoor or second chance, you know, for players of that age. Absolutely, but you see, the argument against it is that they've had the O'Connor Cup and they've had this, that, and the other thing. They've had games like um, you know, here here we are now, um, here to fall. Not too very long ago, Limerick and Waterford would be going out um, in the first round of the championship. It would be their first game and to be a straight knockout. Here, here we have Limerick going out for their fifth game of the year. And that, that is probably the argument against it. But I, I don't think that argument is sustainable when all other competitions, there, there's at least a second chance. Yeah, and I, I think the minor format where you have, I suppose, the four weaker sides um in Munster play each other in a, in a little kind of phase group stage Limerick Waterford Clare and Tip and then the winners come out of that and I even think this year the both the finalists come out of it and then you have Kerry and Cork who will be you know always formidable sides for me that's that's a better that's a better um format but look we, we won't argue with the with the, the organized competition as you said Limerick have played a share of games they have some nice footballers that we've seen you know at an adult level I know from our own club, David Shannessy is, is a brilliant forward, brilliant inside man. He's he scored a goal against Waterford last year. Um Dara Murray is another that we've seen in action. And Emmett Richter, you know, was key to Newcastle getting to a Munster final. So there's good quality sprinkled there, in there that. There is side. good quality, and there's a bit of experience there as well, Jack, in that there's eight players that featured in the semi-final defeat to Cork last year. So that should count mm. for something, you know. It'll definitely go on for something. And Waterford, please God, won't be a huge test for them, but it gives them a chance to play a game before before Cork if they come through. With last year, they'd home advantage against Cork and couldn't make a tell. And they will be on the road if if they do get over the line. But we we are expecting them to get over the line. And that next Wednesday, we'll be looking forward to the following Monday and and a, and a trip to the park here in. Please God, but. The best look to, to Shane Kelly and his side, as we said, on Easter Monday morning um, and, or Easter Monday afternoon, I suppose. And, and please God, they can get the job done and complete probably a, a good 24 hours for Limerick with a, maybe a National Hurling League title under the belt. Um, I rang you this morning about potentially we did last year our top five uh, Limerick MVPs, most valuable players. I might leave it till next week, Matt. We've over an hour on the board. I don't yeah. think we've much next week in terms of games to look forward to. We probably have that break week before a hectic weekend where we'll have Munster Harland and football on the same weekend. So we might leave people in suspense. I'll give you another week to, to go over your five because I know when I was doing it, there's there's a lot of players. I Just looking at our list from last year, we both had Nicky Quaid. I, 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 we'll, there, doesn't any, any chance at all, Jack, that you'd amend it and say 25? Yeah, well, you'd still be struggling for, for those 10 outside the starting 15. Uh, we bought it, Nicky, William O'Donoghue and Keane Lynch. You went for Barry Nash and Chance Flanagan. I went for Gerard Hegarty and Declan Hannon. Uh, doing my list today, I had about 20 names written down, as you said. So we'll leave that till next week. Um, we'll, we'll give it more thought because, look, we're so blessed with um, the players that are there. And I suppose a huge credit goes to the likes of Joe... To, to Shane Fitzgibbon, to these lads, Pat Donnelly, you know, there's too many of them to name, John Kiley, of course, that have really nurtured the talent in Limerick. And it's fair to say we are getting the most out of what we have. There is no kind of 
underperforming from Limerick Hurland these days. Thank God. Um, so that'll be an interesting segment for next week, Matt. Is the, I don't think there's anything we missed. I'm sure you'll come in and tell me if we have, but no, I think Jack, the league fine. Just, just, um, just um, on, on a sad note, Jack, um, I think from the podcast and from Treaty Talk, we we should pass a, a vote of sympathy and send our sincere sympathy to the parents and family of the late Emma Maguire, um, who was laid to rest during the week, and indeed our sympathy to um, the, the St. Elby's Club and and to um, Limerick LGFA. Um, um, Emma was a member of the um, Limerick All-Ireland winning team of 2010 and um, uh, was one of the stalwarts of a very, very successful run for um, for St. Elby's and, uh, of course, played for it while in in Australia. And we, we would like to pass our sincere sympathy to her on her untimely passing. Yeah, I'd like to echo your sentiment there um, for Emma and her, and her family. Um, before we do finish up, Matt, uh, I got a nice delivery in the post last week after we went off air. The Illustrated Tales from the Limerick Terrace is a book put together by Niall Deegan and, and Liam O'Brien. We had the two boys on the podcast last year to discuss it. I have yours here. Um, Niall sent out, out yours to me, so I, I'll get that to you soon. But I was going through it last night, just plenty of um, pictures and and talk to people from last yeah, year. Yeah, um, as I said, I, I haven't seen it in print. Or, uh, you know, like I, I haven't seen it in hard copy. Um but but from what I've heard about it, Jack, um, people people that have it are, are hugely impressed with it, and it is a really really a keepsake. And you know, as 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 we as we said when the boys were in, you know, um, it 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 it's it, it, it's it's looking at the whole success story from a different angle. Oh, completely, completely different angle from the supporters that you know spend their their hard earned money and time going out supporting Limerick. So it's a really brilliant book from Niall. And Liam, I went through it there a couple of times already. My uh, congratulations to the lad on it, Jack. Yeah, my mother even came in the first day it arrived. She was she was curious as to what the package was. And I just sat him on, on, on the desk and she said, could you take one away? And she spent hours at it. Um, so I have yours here. You will get your physical copy soon. But well done to, to Niall and Liam. There's 110 yeah. pages there. There's thousands of pictures. And there's a, there's a share of... Uh, suppose personal stories as you said from a different angle for what was a really special day for Limerick to complete a three in a row but as you said the overall last four or five yeah, years like that, but the information that I, you know is that, that 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 there are things picked up that are not picked up mainstream which is always very very interesting oh 100% so I'll get the, I'll get that I'll get that to you very soon and a huge thank you to Niall for, for sending that out to me um we might an hour, an hour and five-ish there. We might call it a podcast, Matt. We have a huge game on Sunday. We're both back in Limerick. Both expecting a good game, I think, is the main thing. But Limerick's maybe power to, to see us through. And always a trip to Leaside is good. You know, Parky Cueve is as good as Crow Park in terms of the overall aesthetic, the, the pitch, the atmosphere. Maybe getting out of there, getting to there and out of there. Could we worked on a small bit, but um, we'll we'll be there. Please God, the weather will be dry. Um, I you think know, that's what all the shenanigans of objections that were going on about Parky Keith, um, when it was first announced, thankfully have have died down. Um, 
you know, I I, I think apart from Croke Park, and it's up there with Croke Park as, as a stadium. It's our second city, and and um, as I said from the outset, I had no objection at all to it being in Parky Cleave. Yeah, so the the best look um to the to the Limerick hurlers this weekend, um, and a huge thank you again to Joe Quaid for such a unique insight and and brilliant stories. And we have, I'll have plenty of clips out during the week from from his half an hour. He's great to give us his time. To Noel's menswear for coming on and, and sponsoring the podcast. To you, of course, Matt, for as always, um, your insight into the game and your previews. And a huge thank you to all the listeners. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube to subscribe to us. There's so many videos that'll come out and like us on Facebook and retweet the videos and like the videos on uh, Twitter and Spotify and all those good things. And we can continue to grow this community. But for now, thank you very much for joining and we'll talk soon. Impression again, we get old with what you put into it's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? He's just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second Went out there from the war court today. No more about it. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact that that's it. No if, no but. Is there much time left? There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. 